Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? Just for my edification, how many people were at my last one? Just a few little, oh, a full house. And the last one. And the last one. Welcome to Hidden Laws of Attraction. My name is David Snyder, and I have stuff that I want to share. How many people here have uh, experiences with the Law of Attraction? Cool. Um, I've been flirting with these things for a very, very long time. Now, I will be upfront with you that I personally believe that most of the law of attraction stuff on the market is bullshit. It's just freaking bullshit. Okay? It's a product. It's a sham. SAM, by the way, stands for Self Help and Actualization Movement. It's actually a book written several years ago. And uh, Dan Kennedy, who is uh, one of my by proxy mentors, who's forgotten more about marketing than most of us will ever learn, said that they got it about 80% right. Okay? Might be worth your while to research that book. My problem with people when they talk about the law of attraction is they left so much of it out because if you knew what you actually had to do to make this shit work, you probably wouldn't do it. Right? Yes? Can you repeat the name of the book? I'm sorry. Sham. S H A M. Laughing. But it actually is an acronym, Self-Help and Actualization Movement. Oh. Right? Wow. I don't remember, but I think if you Google it, you'll be able to find it. I should have brought it with me. I didn't think to. I don't usually talk shit about other self or, uh, law of attraction teachers. <laughs> um, I do talk shit. I am extremely critic. I'm a certified instructor in neurolinguistic and pro- programming. I trained directly with the founder, uh, Dr. Richard Bandler, but I studied... I started actually with Tad James and, and one of his instru- certified instructors many, many moons ago, and I kind of went off into the wilderness, came back many years later, jumped into Richard's funnel to see where I stood in terms of how the industry was, and that was kind of fun when his people started taking notes from me, but, uh, but these are, ah, damn it. Um, but I'm very critical, not because NL, there's, that NLP is bad or hypnosis is better or whatever, it's that most of the people who learn it can't use it. The reason they can't use it is because they suck at hypnosis. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. So if you, if you come to me to get certified in NLP, you will have to learn hypnosis first, and you will have to be good at it. Why? Because hypnosis is the sloppiest, easiest, most forgiving, mess it up nine times, fix it on the tenth discipline that works all the time, better than anybody, any other discipline. And once you have that ability, once you understand how to manage trance states, how to make things up as you go, then you can look at any neuro-linguistic process and just hit the bullet points and it'll work. Yeah, the problem, the problem that we have with, with some of the neuro, the, the training methods of NLP. The training methods of NLP imply a very rigid, in spite of the fact that they're teaching you about behavioral flexibility, they're paying attention to the person in front of you and all of these things, they tend as a meta uh, program to install within you the, the, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of not being 
that per the person is not going to follow the script and do it right. They also become very, very in love with their own language. I, you know, and they complicate things. They, they take very simple, they make, I make a joke. To err is human. To really complicate things, you, you need a neurolinguistic programmer. <laughs> okay? That being said, I use NLP everywhere. It's just that my approach to NLP, my approach to hypnosis training is very, very different and very, very hands-on. Let's get in there. Let's just hit the bullet points. Don't worry about the language, which is ironic considering I've, offered over, I've authored almost 15 different products on various aspects of persuasion, influence, and conversational hypnosis. Um, my site is called Real World Hypnosis. I also have the Stealth Hypnosis Instant Conversational Hypnosis Crash Course. We'll be covering some of that tomorrow. This course is about the laws of attraction. That being said, what I want you to understand is that I have a thorough, thorough uh, study in the art and science of something called hermetics. How many people here know what hermetics is? If you do not, I will give you the nuts and bolts version. How many people have ever seen a movie called The Secret? Yes. Okay, do you remember the opening scene where the guy's taking the rubbing of the scroll, rolling it up, stuffing it, and running it away? What do you think he's rubbing? Besides that. <laughs> By the way, politically incorrect language offends you, there's a fucking door. <laughs> right? This means I know the answer, this means I don't, this means oh shit, please don't call on me and ask me to come up. Right? <laughs> this means yes, this means no. Is there going to be a test? Yes. Yes. Will you know when it's coming? No. no. <laughs> okay. First and foremost, I'm going to give you where what they're what they don't tell you and what the guy's doing the rubbing of is something called the tabula smaragdina. Okay. It's known as the emerald tablet. The emerald tablet of Hermes Trismegistus, or Hermes the Thrice Great. All metaphysical disciplines, yoga, qigong, kabbalah, huna, and all of the religions that grew out of those disciplines come from hermetics. They are based on the principles recorded by Hermes thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago that explain how the universe works. You understand that? What does the law of attraction actually teach us? Anybody know? What does it teach us? What's, 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 if we could sum it up in the Reader's Digest version, what does the law of attraction have to t teach us? What you focus on, you'll get more of. You'll attract more. You'll attract more of what you, what you focus on? Mm -hmm. Anybody have anything different? It's okay to disagree? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir? Sort of light vibrations attract. Like vibrations attract like vibrations. Cool. We're getting somewhere. Anybody else? It's like, oh shit, he's quizzing us. Yes. The thoughts you have in your life become the events, circumstances. Okay, the thoughts or events you have in your, are in your head become the... Okay, so can we sum it up safely by saying your thoughts equal vibration? Right? Yeah. Right? And the vibe, and you will attract what's in harmony with the vibration, which is equivalent to your dominant thoughts. The things you focus on tend to be dominant, right? No. That's where they got you. That's where they got you. So you have two kinds of thoughts. You have two kinds of beliefs. You as hypnotists already know this. You have thoughts you know about, 
and thoughts you don't know about. Just as a little example, everybody put your feet flat on the floor. I want this is an awareness exercise. No, I, it's 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 too it's too scratchy and distracting. I don't want it. Um, I want you to just use say this affirmation with me. Okay, I am now earning one million dollars a year. I am now earning one million dollars a year. I am now earning one million dollars a year. I am now earning one million dollars a year. Now try and believe it. <laughs> what just happened? It just went up to ten. When you were saying, I am now earning one million dollars a year, how many of you noticed, A, it felt good? Mm-hmm. How many of you noticed a little weird feeling in the background? Mm-hmm. A little icky kind of feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the world of the thoughts you don't know about. The problem with the secret, as we understand it, is that nobody told us what the hell our dominant thoughts actually are. Your dominant thoughts are the beliefs, lessons, and distinctions held at the unconscious level that are always running. And it doesn't really matter what you do consciously until you find a way to change that. Get those in harmony, get those vibrating in the same frequency, getting in the same direction, and then all of a sudden shit starts to happen, but the universe will test you. The universe will test you, okay? And it's a good thing because the, the, the animal in us runs away from the test. Those of us who are destined to transcend the animal run towards. Okay? Your reptile brain, you have three brains, you know this, right? Mm-hmm. You have the paleocortex, which is the oldest part of you, which runs the meat suit, right? The one that thinks in primal drives. You have your limbic system or your emotional brain, your mammalian brain, the one that wraps feelings around those primal drives to get you to actually act on them. And then you have your neocortex, the new brain. It's the kid, it's the little two-year-old. The one that justifies and comes up with the story to rationalize why you're actually getting, acting on those drives and those feelings that you have that have nothing to do with what actually might be the real reason. We call the neocortex your rational lying brain. Okay? And I will prove that to you right now with a very ridiculous story. Uh, it's interesting, I, I was invited, rather forcefully, to sit in on Dr. Mike Mandel's uh, training yesterday. And it was interesting to hear a lot of my words coming out of his mouth, his way. Um, but one of the things that, that was really kind of cool, and, when, and we both kind of share, is this idea that your, your brain makes up stories. Okay? Your brain is the world's largest, most powerful information processing network. It's also the most obsessive compulsive question answering mechanism on the planet. And it doesn't matter how ridiculous the question is. And I will prove that to you right now. I'm going to give you a completely ridiculous question. And yet, notice what your brain does. Why, in fact, is the moon made of green cheese? Now, aside from this, what the fuck did he just ask me question? Mm-hmm. Notice what else your brain is doing. Well, does he mean it this way? Or is it coming from there? Or maybe he means it like this. Maybe it's metaphorical. Is that happening? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Because it tastes good. Perfect. Perfect cause and effect statement, by the way. Because it wasn't cheddar? What was yours? Smoked good. There are as many rationales for a ridiculous question as there are people in this room. Because that's what your brain does. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. It's that simple. You got a shitty life, you're asking shitty questions. You're pulling shitty shit into your life? Shitty shit. I must be speaking Malaysian. Shitty shit. They double it. Another Mandelism. But anyway, um, if you're pulling things into your life, it's because the direction of your thoughts is going that way. Right? And sometimes we have to take a, a different perspective on short-term events. Now, we'll get into that later. Today's class is going to be a combination of things. We're going to talk about the physics behind the law of attraction and how you can begin to harmonize with that aspect of the planet, or in this case, the universe. But we're going to go a little bit different direction, too. How many people here know someone that if $1,000 fell out of the sky, it would fall in their back seat? <laughs> right? It would miss your car completely and fall in theirs. Right? If they were walking down the street and fell in a hole, they'd find a dollar at the bottom of it. Right? Good shit just happens to them. Don't you hate those fucking people? <laughs> How would you like to be one? Or marry one. Or marry one. <laughs> How many people here in here are married, by the way? Okay. Little less than normal. Last time I was here, because I teach a lot of attraction skills. I teach people, I teach women how to find better men. I teach men how to find better women. I'm an equal opportunity lover. <laughs> in Vegas, I guess we can get away with that. I'm from California, so you do the math. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving right along. So first thing I want to do is I want you to understand that the vibrations you put out to the universe are directly connected to the feelings in your body. Now, if you came from my energy workshop, I talked about how to cure stuff, how to move stuff, how to change that frequency. Everything that manifests in your life is based on the feelings in your body. You are walking around in the world's largest, most comprehensive organic antenna. And it's the feelings in your body that are analogous to the vibrations you're putting out. Understand that? It's not your thoughts. It's your feelings. Your feelings. Fastest way to change your feelings? Change your posture. Change your breathing. Not your thoughts. If you change, your physiology controls your psychology. Remember that. You can be in the middle of a war zone. Assume a more relaxed posture, you'll be more relaxed. You may not be completely calm, but remember this. When stress hits the system, the, the conscious mind checks out. The, fast, the higher the level of neurological arousal, the more your critical faculty disintegrates. Okay? That can be very useful, but it can also screw us many times. So the first thing, the first thing we do at any given moment is we need to control our states. We need to control the feelings in our body. Because when we control the feelings in our body, we control how we perceive reality. There's a book called Emotions Revealed by Dr. Paul Ekman. I highly recommend you pick up that book. 
Yes, sir. Is he, he the same guy who inspired Lie to Me? Yes, he was the consultant for the show Lie to Me. Great show, by the way. And the, 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 the meek it, Lie to Me. It's kind of the, uh, the inspiration for my breakout yesterday. Lie to me if you dare. <laughs> right? But in that show, Paul Roth, uh, uh, Tim Roth played the, uh, the lead. And he started off as a meek and mild professor and got progressively more psychotic as the seasons went on, which is, if you know anything about Tim Roth, tends to be what all his characters wind up doing at some point anyway. And then at the height of a successful third season, the show completely evaporated. Get every episode. It's on Netflix. Get it. Watch it. Take notes. Lie to me. Lie to me. Paul Eggman's also the man who discovered microexpressions. If you were at my lie detection workshop yesterday, mm -hmm. right? We talked about microexpressions. Microexpressions will not tell you if someone's lying. However, they will tell you if somebody's suppressing emotion. Right? A lot of the body language cues we worked on yesterday will not tell you if someone's lying, but they will signal if somebody's defensive, which leads to lying. Understand the distinction? The feelings in your body will pull events into your life that generate similar feelings. Not the event necessarily that you think, but the feeling. Yes? So what about the situation where you are going along pretty well, but then you have, like, your husband dies. Mm -hmm. and so you have grief that you're going through, mm -hmm. and those feelings will be there yes. for a certain amount of time. And they should. And, and they should. So... Well, the concerns I think is, oh, what am I attracting with those people? All right. Well, yeah, you have to. When that happens, you know the story of the Chinese horse. I'm sure. Okay. The story of the Chinese horse goes something like this: Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer and his young son tending a, tending their field, and they had this plow horse, and they were working really hard to, you know, to get their field ready. And out of the woods comes this beautiful stallion, strong, young, girl. <laughs> and, the, and the son looks at the father and he says, Dad, this is so lucky. We have another horse. Because they looked all over the horse. There was no identifying marks, no brand, nothing to signal where the horse came from. Like, Dad, this is amazing. I can't believe how lucky we are. And the farmer looked at his son, looked at the horse, and he said, we'll see. So they, they take a few weeks. They train the horse up. They hitch him to a plow. One day that the, the sun is out riding in the fields, you know, with the horse and plowing the field. Something spooks the horse, or the horse is having a bad day, PMS. I don't know if horses get that, especially male horses. But anyway, horse throws the kid. Kid falls, breaks his leg. And all the villagers come rushing to, to help. And they say, that horse is so unlucky. If, your son, if you hadn't have found that horse, and your son hadn't have trained him and tried to ride him, he wouldn't have fallen, he wouldn't have broke his leg. That horse is unlucky. The farmer looked at the horse, looked at the sun, looked at the villagers, looked back at the horse, said, we'll see. Two weeks later, the emperor marches his army through the village. As he's marching his army through the village, they conscript every able-bodied young male into the army, except the farmer's son, who's laid up with a broken leg. Mm -hmm. And all the farmers rush all the villagers rush to the farmer and they say, oh my God, that horse is so lucky. If your son hadn't fallen and broken his leg, he'd be in the army too and he might, have, he might die. That horse is really, really lucky. Farmer looked at the horse, looked at his son, looked at the villagers, said, we'll see. Just an idea. Many times though, we don't think that way, especially when grief, especially in trauma. We can't see beyond that moment and we shouldn't yet. 
One of the problems that we have as hypnotists is that we don't, people who come to our, who wind up in our chair, haven't processed those things. They've been repressing them. They've been denying them. They've been avoiding them. They've been running away from the burning building that the firemen and the policemen and the, the surgeons need to run into. And if you want to evolve, you have to understand that. And if you want to master the law of attraction, if you want to master all the things that arise from it, you need to be that person in your life. I said at the beginning of this meetup, when you start embarking on this quest, the universe will test you. It will put obstacles, seemingly, seemingly insurmountable obstacles in your way. And yet, if we let them stop us, then we stop. Yes, sir? Wouldn't the obstacles be analogous to convincers in hypnotic language? And, um, no, no obstacles. Obstacles would be um, analogous to resistance, to secondary gain, to reasons why we can't go forward. Okay, and what I mean by that is, reminds me of another story. <laughs> Not that I always tell stories, but in this case, it's kind of relevant. I've studied, like I said, I studied Kabbalah. Did you guys, who was around when I said I studied Kabbalah? Right. I'm, a, I'm pre-Madonna. Before, before Madonna studied Kabbalah, I was there. <laughs> I studied at the, at the Kabbalah Center in Boca Raton, Florida, and they told this one story. It's a very cool story, and it, it really does drive home what I'm getting at. The, 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 the Jews have just escaped from Egypt. They've come to the banks of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is behind them. The, Dead Seas in, or the Red Sea is in front of them. And, every, and all the Jews are going... God, God, save us. The Egyptians are coming. He can't cross the water. And God looks down at him, at them, and he says, why are you crying to me? I gave you everything you need. Save yourself. And they look at the Egyptians, and they're closing in. And they look at Moses. Moses looks up to God, 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 save us. And God repeats, why are you crying to me? I gave you everything that you need to save yourself. This goes on for a little while, then finally, at some point, because having been to Israel and taught in Israel, and I love Israelis, they're very, very stubborn people. <laughs> and they need to be. They need to be. One little girl gets up, and she starts walking towards the, towards the water. And she's walking, and the water comes up to her knees, and she keeps walking. And she, come, and she keeps walking, and it comes up to her hips, to her chest. Nothing happens. Comes up to her neck. Still nothing. Passes her lips. Still nothing. She just keeps walking. The water reaches her nose, and the seas part. Because she just kept going. Now, is that faith? Maybe. I don't believe in faith. I don't. I do believe in relentless determination, though. One of the biggest products you'll ever sell to your clients are confidence products. Confidence is bullshit. Because, what do they tell us? If we're confident, yes, if I'm confident in myself, I can be successful. Okay. How many people here, by show of hands, 
have ever had something that they were absolutely not confident about, but the shit needed to get done. <laughs> Did you do it? Yeah. How many people here would do something if they just felt more confident about it? Hmm. Let me ask you a question. When that shit, shit being a technical term, that had to get done, you started doing it, had no confidence in your ability to do it, when did the confidence come? I don't make the world, I just report it. If you learn to observe properly, the universe will reveal its secrets to you. And this is one of them. If you are waiting to be confident before you can do something, you will never start. You understand that? You will never start, and the self-help industry knows that. They know that if you just buy the next product, you'll have everything you need until you buy the next product. And then the dopamine wears off. The serotonin from the whipping out your credit card wears off. And you need another fix. The secret, the universe will test you. Not your confidence, your resolve. When you move forward with relentless determination, regardless of how, what skills you have or don't have, if you just keep going, you will win. It can't not happen. Especially if you remove time from the equation. Failure is only possible when you set a time limit. Did you know that? It's impossible to fail until you set a time limit. Now there are certain things in our life that have to be done timely. We'd be meditating on our navels for the rest of eternity. <laughs> right? But my point is, is that you need to understand, and that was what Kabbalah really taught me, was the way the universe actually works versus how we would like it to work. Because that's actually all done in your brain. Your brain is taking in thousands and billions of bits of information every second. It takes them in in the form of visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, and gustatory information. It creates a model, a map, a hologram of the way the world is based on how it's interpreted the vibrational data coming in through those senses. Then it runs it to another set of filters. Your beliefs, your memories, your metaprograms, right? Two, dis two separations in the mind on a very basic level, the way the world is and the way the world should be. We don't have any conscious connection to the way the world is. We only have a connection to the way the world should be. Understand that? There's this old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make any sound? What's the action, what's the right answer? Hmm? How many say yes? How many say no? I would say there's a fucking trick question in here somewhere. <laughs> the answer actually is no. Now, a better question, does it create vibration? The answer is yes. Sound is an interpreted phenomenon. It's an interpretation of vibrational data, just like the feelings in your body. But it's a feedback loop. 
Information encoded vibrationally in a certain way creates a certain sensation. Change the sensation, change the vibration. It works both ways. So everybody stand up. I do this all the time just because it's fun to watch the people go, <gasps> Now, I will try to be as succinct as I can. They only gave me an hour for this. So as much as I would like to show you all the... There's, there's five character traits that all lucky people share. This is actual psychology now, believe it or not. Problem is, is all they did was study the traits and didn't tell you how to get them. Well, I might know a few things about that. Okay, so the first thing I want you to do is I want you to remember a time in your life when you saw something you really, really wanted. I mean, really, want, lust want. Okay, yeah, you can make it lust if you want. I'm good with that. That's, that's my two-day training coming up Monday and Tuesday. It's lust management 101, right? And what I want you to do, and we have a few survivors from that class, so talk to Joe and I think, is Kenner here? No, Kenner's not here, but he was our poster child for the male side. Anyway, I want you to, something you wanted, you just saw it and just clicked with you. Right? And you knew it. You just knew you, you were going to get it no matter what. Right? You made a plan. You put the plan into action. And you nailed it. Home run. Yeah. See what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. Let those feelings come flooding back. Most importantly, I want you to stand the way you were standing in that moment just before you realized that massive victory. I want you to breathe the way you were breathing when you saw the victory in sight. Let those feelings double, triple, quadruple. Just notice what happens as your body goes into that posture, into that breathing rate. And now, now, without changing anything, not the way you're standing, not the way your shoulders are located, not your weight distribution, not your breathing, Try to feel bad. <laughs> Notice you can't do it. Because your physiology overwrites your psychology. Always. You got someone who's chronically depressed? Change their posture first. You got someone who's suicidal? Change their posture. They can't be suicidal anymore. They'll try. You'll literally, you'll walk up to them, they'll be all slunged and shit, and you'll go, oh, shoulders out, and they'll start laughing. What the fuck are you doing? Ah. <laughs> and then they'll try to go back and they'll go, ah. nope. They can't access the feelings without changing the physiology. You can't use the law of attraction effectively without changing your physiology and holding it. We have this thing called habits, though. We have to. How many noticed when they tried to feel bad, their body wanted to change position? Yeah. That's the only thing that you have to be conscious of. As long as you have enough conscious self-awareness to know to consciously hold the posture, you can't go into a bad state. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody puts you in a bad state, you have the get-out-of-jail-free card to get out of it. I tested this in my clinical rotations when I was doing my internship in acupuncture and oriental medicine. I had these guys, people would come up with horrible, horrible problems. And then it got worse. But the one that, that really jumps out at me, and this is we're going to talk about why this is important. This is the foundation of everything I teach right here. And then it just gets deeper. We had a guy come in. He was a homosexual. He had 
just lost his partner to AIDS, and he had just been diagnosed HIV positive. You couldn't get any lower than this guy, and there was no way you were going to interrupt his state out of it. Now, at the time, I didn't fully understand what I'm teaching you now, so I did what I knew, knew to do then. I knew, I knew the power of my physiology and my state control because of the mentors I'd had had taught me how to modulate state through physiology. You'll learn that in my trainings. It's a fundamental. It's just, it just has to happen. Right? Um, so I went there with him. I assumed his physiology, and I let the feelings just flow. And I waited. And there's a, there's a sensation that happens when two nervous systems entrain. Okay? There's a sensation in the body. It's not a cognitive thing. It's a visceral thing. And I waited until I had it. And I, I just kept talking to him. And then slowly, inch by inch by inch, I changed and he followed. And as he followed, his state changed. And we could do the session, we could do the treatments, um, and things, he, he did well, okay? Um, I lost track of him after my, my acupuncture internship, but he came out of there a hell of a lot better person than he was when he went in. Okay? That's the power you have in your meat suits, in your physiology. But our training, our discipline has made us largely cognitive monsters. We live, we're, we're talking heads. Mesmer had it right, guys. He didn't have the whole picture, but neither did the people who tried to discredit him. And this is why it takes long for us to get changed. And we're still faster than most of the, the disciplines out there. But those of you who've been through my spinning process, we got to retool our billing, right? The system is designed to have all the different levels working simultaneously. Erickson said it. Remember this? Say, anybody? Remember? They remember? If you remember it, raise your hands. Your clients will be your clients because they're out of rapport with their unconscious mind. What's the biggest part of your unconscious mind? Your body. <laughs> Holy shit! Right? Yeah. You gotta get the meat suit involved. And when you do, you get changed. I'm a big supernatural fan, so, you know, I'm walking around in his meat, demons possessing me. Okay? So, first and foremost, when in doubt, change how you stand. Change how you breathe, you'll change how you feel. Ekman, you can all sit down now. Ekman, in his book, Emotions Revealed, outlines and, and, and defines a behavior called the emotional refractory period. Anybody here ever been in a fight with somebody? An argument? Yeah. <laughs> Seems to correspond with the people who are married. I don't get that. <laughs> all right. Anybody here ever know, no, picture this if you will, if you make pictures, if you don't make pictures, just pretend you do. <laughs> You've had this knockdown, drag out argument. He said, she said, blah, 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 you finally resolve it. You compromise, you, everything is roses and violets and stuff. And then you notice that for the next 20 minutes, anything you say pisses that person off again. Anybody ever notice that? What the fuck happened there? When you, when you experience an emotional shift, and emotions are feelings, not all feelings are emotions. Important distinction. A primal drive, hunger, thirst, horniness, 
right? Those aren't feelings. I mean, they are feelings. They're not emotions. They're drives. When you have a drive that needs to be satisfied, the limbic system wraps a set of feelings around it. That set of feelings set off certain associations. You generate a story to rationalize acting on the feelings to satisfy the drives. There's a whole book on that subject that tr personal injury attorneys are, attorneys, attorney, attorneys are using to win seven and eight million dollar figures in verdicts. It's called Reptile. It's all about how to present to the reptile brain. You nail someone in their primal drives, you have their whole attention. You have the, every level of the meat suit is paying attention. Okay? When you want to persuade, convince, treat somebody, when you interact at the level of their primal drives, you get all of the bandwidth. Get them in the meat. Okay? The emotional refractory period, when you have an emotional state change or a physiological state change, the way you process information, the order and sequence of priority that you give to certain elements in your environment changes. So in the case of somebody who's extremely angry, if I'm pissed off, even if we've resolved the argument, I'm still in a state, somewhat postictally, of rage. My perceptual filters have shifted. So now what will happen is as I'm going through my environment, I will pay attention first and foremost to any data in the interaction or in the environment that perpetuates the state I'm in or re-triggers re it. It's the emotional refractory period. You don't have a say in this consciously. You don't get a two-minute warning that you're about to get pissed off. Warning, Robinson, danger, danger, you're about to get pissed off, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen that way. You get pissed off and realize you're pissed off. But by then it's too late. The perceptual filters have already changed. Yes? So uh, can you interrupt that um, refractory period by changing your posture? I think you can shorten it by changing your posture. And that's the important thing. I don't know for sure that we can eliminate it completely. But I know we can dramatically shorten it by making sure our postures are right and our breathing is right. In the, in the martial art that I teach, Sistema, which is taught almost exclusively to special forces, who are always going into highly strenuous, extremely unusual and unorthodox situations. They're taught these things to dramatically change their ability to function in those environments. So, qualified, yes. But I don't know that you can ever completely eliminate it, right? But a lot of the exercises and drills that they teach us are designed to impact your psyche and the psyche of the people you're in combat with. It's really cool. Combat hypnosis, literally. Ten minutes? All right. So here's the thing. And it is a thing. There are five traits that psychologists have isolated that all lucky people share. If you, hold, if you learn to hold these states, you will automatically attract more serendipitous events into your life. I'm going to give them to you. Um, I actually have a set of videos where I'm actually installing these in people. And we actually do install these in people at our trainings and events, and I don't have time to talk about them because they only gave me an hour for this one, and this one is usually a four or five hour event. So I will take you as far as I can in the five minutes I have left and show you where to go for more if you want me to do that. But everything I'm teaching you is based on the law of physics. So let me give you the traits first, and then I will leave you with something to ponder. The traits are A, first and foremost, how many people here are actually lucky? Okay, that was the, trait for the first trait. 
lucky people identify themselves as lucky people. Every other time prior to this, when I've started to teach this workshop, every lucky person in the room comes up, came up to me and went, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a naturally lucky person. They just volunteered it. They just came up to me. So the first thing is, you have to identify yourself as being lucky. Um, serendipitous people are also action takers. Now, I'm going to make a distinction here. My notes say they are fearless. That is a lie. <laughs> They're courageous, which means, yeah, you're scared. You go do it anyway. I'm going to give you an easier one. Be relentless. Just develop relentlessness, relentless determination, and you'll be successful. Perseverance. This is all under being action takers. There are qualities, characteristics, and attributes. And what I will do is if you will all provide me with your emails and stuff like that, I will email you the PDF I'm doing this from so you can have it for yourselves. Okay? Uh, action takers. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, Sol? Is it Sal? Could you hand out two cards to every person here? One you get to keep? One, you write down your contact information in a way that I can read it. <laughs> and uh, I will send you the PDF. Also, as a free gift from, from me to you, from, for you coming out here. Uh, and I forgot to do this in the last meetup. I can't believe I screwed that up. If you go to um, nlppower.com forward slash. Hold on, I'll write it down. Or you could just follow me to the HPTI table and I will kind of hang out. Yes, sir? Can we just give you our card? You can do that as well and I will harass you. <laughs> Forward slash HTL2015. The link works now, by the way. Um, I have, I've given you guys, I have five years of video archived on that site from every mastermind session that I've done. I'm going to give you full access to all of it for free for 30 days. And there is no charge after that. It's just going to be a 30-day. Go in, watch as much as you want, as much as you can stomach. Scotty, uh, As soon as you go and you click, as a matter of fact, if you all want to take out your cell phones, go down and just click the link. 30 days from when you Yep, 30 days from when you click the link. All right, so that's a gift for me. The other one is each of you here gets a 30-minute consultation with me for free, 30 minutes. So that's why you keep the card. So you have my people will reach out to your people We'll get you on our schedule, right? And if you want to pick my brain for 30 minutes, you want to talk about potentially training or potentially having session work with me, I work with a lot of hypnotists on a lot of different stuff. It's your 30 minutes. You do with it what you want, okay? It's my gift to you just for coming out here and supporting me and supporting HypnoThoughts. But let's go further with this. Action takers. Um, instead of worrying about something, about what could go wrong, they think about, isn't that interesting? I'd like to give that a try. A little contrast. Right? And in the, in, the, in the PDF that I send you, I actually do have a little compare and contrast of analysis of what, how normal average people think. People have average levels of luck versus how people who psychologically have these traits in them. Okay? By the way, one of the fastest ways to amplify and install these states is remember a time in your life when you actually felt that way. Stand that way for, as little, for, as, for at least two minutes. Breathe that way. Move on to the next state. Stack them. Or you can point to where you feel it and spin it. <laughs> nice. See how it all works? Right. Um, action takers, they're also... Um, hold on a second. Uh, I'm just not having good luck here. 
Um, any other time I'd be good. I've had all kinds Maybe of time. Every I would actually. I'm just for some reason I, I screw it. <laughs> They're very social. People who are very lucky tend to be very social. They're always looking at people who are, everybody's an opportunity. Even if it, if it never goes any further than just a Facebook friending, they're always open to making connections to people. So their mindset is, even if it never goes anywhere, I met somebody, I did something interesting. People who have less than, or average or less luck, everything has to be mapped out, everything has to be in its place. The natural traits of lucky people is, oh, I'm gonna take a different work today to see where I end up. Okay, another one of the distinctions that, that, that lucky people share, I apologize for only taking, having five minutes to really go into this, but we had a lot of things we had to cover. And if you just work on the stuff we covered, your life will change. Because your perceptual filters will change, and you will become aware of things in your environment that lead to better outcomes that were always there but you couldn't see. When they did studies to isolate these traits, they literally hired out and rented restaurants hired actors to go in and impersonate patrons, and sent group after group in, people who identified themselves as lucky, average people, and less than lucky people. And they placed a 20-pound note on the floor. And they wanted to calibrate who found the note most often. Well, pretty much 100% of the lucky people found the note. As you could probably guess, average people, 50% of the time. And as far as we know, those poor unlucky schmucks never saw a fucking thing. (laughs) They did not see it. This goes back to perceptual filters. If you have a certain identity and a certain body feeling, you have a certain set of perceptual filters that are in place. And therefore, you will only consciously be given, your unconscious mind sees it, but it doesn't give it to your conscious mind because it doesn't fit. You will only see the things that reinforce the person you think you are. See how it works? Everything that you'll ever want, everything that you'll ever need, physics tells us is already here. It doesn't need to be created. It needs to be revealed. And what does that imply? Something is hiding it from us. And something is us. Okay? I'm going to leave you with something. Just because it's fun and it's probably about all the time I have left. No. Um, I'm going to send them to you because I want to make sure you get it right. And I, and I think that what I'm going to show you is a little bit more useful for you, a little bit more entertaining. I do apologize. I really did beg for three-hour sessions all week because normally it, it takes me... We'll bring good feedback. Please, let them know. What you're going to see... Our 40 distinct metronomes. And you probably won't be able to hear it, but I'll show I want you to listen as well as look. These are 40 metronomes, all moving at the same rate, uh, different rates. Two minutes. It'll just take me just two minutes more. You can't see it, just listen. Now, those of you in the back, you can't see what the people in the front are seeing, 
but you can't hear. What you can't, what a lot of people don't pay attention to is they're all watching the metronomes, right? Watch the table if you can see it. Can't not happen. These are machines with no nervous system, no brain, no intention. This is the average human being. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of on YouTube. This is also how group minds work. Just an idea. Thank you for listening to the Unlimited Influence Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.